Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 230th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 734th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of October 7th, 2021, and I am your host, excited to be back in the host chair, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Martin takes the shot. This week's banner moment occurred when yet another college basketball analyst, Andy Katz, listed Indiana among his top Final Four dark horses. This comes on the heels of CBS's Matt Norlander doing the same a couple weeks back. Now, let's unpack what this means. First, the obvious. If you're a Final Four dark horse, it means you aren't a Final Four favorite or a contender, which is not what anybody wants Indiana's station and college hoops to be. But when you haven't played in an NCAA tournament game since 2016 and you have yet another new coach, just being mentioned as a potential tournament team is encouraging, let alone a potential dark horse for the first weekend in April. But I'm interested in the meaning beyond that and why two analysts have now come to the same conclusion. What it suggests to me is this. People look at Indiana's roster and see all of the question marks and the lack of recent success, which is why most predictions have Indiana in the middle of the Big Ten pack. But they also see the talent of the individual pieces. Trace is a preseason All-American. Christian Lander and Tamar Bates are five-star talents. Jordan Geronimo is an athletic X-factor. Xavier Johnson, Miller Kopp, and Parker Stewart are impact transfers. Robin Race provide valuable experience on and on. And there's a glimmer of optimism that in a new system with a new coach, something can be awakened within this team and program that's been dormant for the last half decade plus. And if that happens, unlikely as it may be, the pieces are there for this team to have a pretty high ceiling, which is why so many IU fans are excited heading into the season. I think most of us recognize that the probable outcome of this season is to finish between 6th and 8th in the Big Ten and sneak back into the NCAA tournament. But what's returned this offseason that was in short supply over the last two is hope. Hope that this IU roster might actually approach its ceiling rather than crashing through its perceived floor. And while some say it's the hope that kills you, I say it's the hope that gives you reason to live. The last three IU basketball seasons have died slow, painful deaths, all for different reasons, but all with the same outcomes. But the hope for more, for better, has breathed new life into a fan base that desperately needed it. And we're now just a month away from seeing what it will actually look like on the court. Will it end in a Final Four run? Almost surely not. But hey, it's at least nice to think something like that is back within the realm of possibility. All right, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for tonight. First up to my left, he is one of the other coaches on our team stepping in tonight with Coach Tonsoni out at Big Ten Media Day this week. Tonight's guest is a former high school basketball coach in Indiana and the founder of IU Film Room, which provides the best video analysis out there of IU basketball. He also built and sold bbtools.com, a resource for basketball coaches. He is Tony Adrania. Tony? Welcome back to the show. How would you rate your level of optimism about the Hoosiers heading into Mike Woodson's first season? First of all, thanks for having me on yet again. Uh, super excited to be here. Um, and I'm just like every other fan. I think right now, I mean, my level of optimism is through the roof. Uh, I don't see how we lose a game. 
That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But any other, any other general thoughts just on, you know, kind of how you felt seeing guys that have been brought in, what things look like in the Bahamas? Yeah. I mean, it's that level of optimism isn't just coming from nowhere. I mean, it's, 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 it was in short supply, as you mentioned, uh, under previous regimes, uh, especially towards the end. But I mean, if you had to grade just Mike Woodson's first offseason, it, it would have to be a A plus. Uh, I mean, in terms of bringing pieces in in a short time frame, um, you know, bringing back already some some greats and, and kind of meshing that that future with that past um, that sometimes it seems like was a struggle to do. I mean, just today at practice, Jared Jeffries was there. Clark Kellogg was in the house. A little bit of Mike Epps action there as well. Um, and, and so there's just, there's just a level of excitement. I think Mike Woodson's doing all the right things in terms of, um, you know, he's catering to the guys that are obviously on the team, but he's also, he's putting out those, those things. And obviously his content team is doing great in terms of putting out the right things that recruits want to see. And, um, you know, I think IU has really stepped it up on that front the last couple of seasons, just in terms of their media and their, their social media and all of that stuff. Uh, but it just, you know, all the right things are happening right now with the Indiana program. Um, obviously, there's there's no wins and losses. Actually, there were two, I guess, in the Bahamas. But, um, you know, that's why the level of optimism is just so high. Um, you know, the guys that he was able to retain, the guys he was able to bring in um, with the short time frame. It's just, you know, it's it's really exciting. Um, it's an exciting time, I think, for Indiana basketball um, when we all kind of need that. <laughs> Absolutely. All righty. And to my right. Players finding every wrinkle he hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. I heard you say one word. Ryan, stop being so shy. What's your rant this week? <laughs> oh, one of the favorite emails we've ever received as a as a show was asking me to take a stance for once. Um, it was a YouTube serious. comment, and I, I think I YouTube regret comment? showing it to you now. Hilarious. I'm just going <laughs> to tone it down for the whole season, guys. Um, you know, I, we talked about this in our group test, and there was really not any huge news going on to, to rant about. So I wanted to bring up a, a recruit that Indiana is chasing that appears to be very interested. And in our, in our group text, I just said, having watched him play and read a lot about the evaluations of him, I think Gabe Cups out of uh, Centerville, Ohio, is going to be a very important target for Indiana. He's he seems like uh, he's going to be a four year player in the Jordan Hulls, Aaron Craft type mold, and I think that's something that Indiana needs is stability and and steadiness at the guard spot, at a guard you know sort of a point guard spot. And I, everything I every time I watch this kid play, he's he's about six two one seventy one eighty. Led his team to a state title last year. Every time I watch him play, I come away more and more impressed with his ability to just run a game, to just to just run point and find open people, knock down open shots. I mean, he can just kind of is just very steady, and it feels like Indiana hasn't had steady guard play in a long time. And I love what the kid brings. And and he was at Hoosier Hysteria. He's coming back for an official visit this week. I think I a lot of a lot of big schools are in on him, but I, I think that this is a kid who fits what Indiana wants to do long term be a little more up tempo, move the ball, shoot the ball from deep. And and I think he's a, he's a guy who's becoming a more important recruit by the day for Indiana and I think it would be really interesting to see what he says coming out of his official visit. Kind of expecting possibly a winter 
decision from him, even though he's he's only a junior. Uh, I think that's one to watch and it's a recruitment to watch to see how hard Indiana goes after him because it appears they're going very hard after him. Indeed it does. Coincidentally, the last time we had steady guard play was the last time we made the NCAA tournament. Interesting how that works out. Yeah, we're... Uh, <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to cover this week. Segment one, as we always do, we'll run through some Hoosier headlines. Plus, we have a special announcement we're going to make here in just a moment. Uh, then in segment two, we're going to talk about the Big Ten with the Big Ten Media Day happening. We will give some bold Big Ten predictions. Uh, and then, of course, we will answer your questions after that. All of that coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. Uh, before we get to Hoosier headlines, real quick, how about an Assembly Call headline? Uh, so we want to make an announcement. As some of you know, uh, Tony has been running the site IU Film Room uh, for a while, launched his own community uh, for IU Film Room. It was a free community that he had plans to turn into a paid community. Uh, and Tony and I have spent some time talking over the off season, and we decided that what was the point of having two separate communities going on uh, when the stuff that we're doing complements each other so well? Because obviously with our private community, uh, at assemblycall.com slash community. You know, we have great ongoing discussion and dialogue about both IU basketball and IU football. And Tony, as far as I'm concerned, does the best video analysis and just kind of in-depth analysis from a coach's eye view of anybody out there. And as he was getting ready to turn his uh, community into a premium paid community, we thought, let's merge them together. Uh, and so that is what we are doing. Uh, very excited about it. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have Tony on here tonight to just kind of talk about that. Should we should we do some applause? Let's do some some full applause there. I like that. <clears throat> so essentially, what's happening? Um, and Tony, I'm going to bring you in here in just a minute to kind of give us the overview for what you're going to be doing. Uh, but we opened this up inside of our community today. Um, and so for folks who are inside of the assembly call community, you've got kind of the first chance to get this at the best price that we're going to offer it for. Um, and so if you're not yet a member of the assembly call community, you can go to assemblycall.com slash community. You can join, you'll be able to take advantage uh, of the special deal, but it's basically $24.99 for the full year and you'll get all of Tony's analysis, which is kind of a crazy value. Tony, do you want to run down kind of what you're planning on doing, uh, as we enter, you know, the rest of this off season, then into the season. Cause you got a lot of, a lot of really fun stuff planned. Absolutely. First of all, um, yeah, obviously very excited to be joining the community and, um, you know, obviously love all the great stuff and, and the conversations that you and I have had Jared over the off season. And, um, you know, this was just a very organic, natural fit, uh, for the two of us. So first and foremost, just super excited to be in there. And, and as I mentioned in, in the community, I, I'm just hoping to bring some value to everybody's IU fandom. Um, cause at the end of the day, that's what I am. I'm an IU fan, uh, that happened to coach some basketball, uh, at some point in my life too. So I just kind of look at the game with a little bit of a different lens sometimes than other people, but that doesn't mean I'm right or somebody else is wrong or anything like that. I just see the game, uh, sometimes from a different light or a different perspective. So basically what I'm doing with this community is, um, I am running it like my lifelong dream of running the IU basketball program. So I'm going to give out <laughs> scouting reports uh, of the opponents and I'm going to break down team film. I'm going to break down individual film just as I would if I had my own high school basketball program or I ran the I or the IU program. I'm going to look at recruits and break down their film and, and what I like about them and what I don't, or, you know, what they'll need to work on or areas for opportunity um, uh, shot charts and, deep dive into some uh, analytics and, and things like that, things that you'll get on Ken Palm or Synergy. Um, and so that's essentially what 
what I want to do with this community is just offer a ton of value from a kind of a coaching light or a coaching perspective. Um, and I think it can be a lot of fun. Um, obviously we'll certainly take feedback and, and listen to other things that people would like to see in that community. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited to, to kind of run it. Um, this is, this is my second season where I'm not actually coaching my own high school team. So I actually have some free time and I, I don't know if I have free time. I'm going to have two kids. Um, so I don't know if free time is the right word, but I'm going to have some time uh, away from uh, actually coaching the game of basketball to where I can kind of fully immerse myself in this. And that's what I'm super excited about. And it's a perfect time because it's a new staff, new regime. Um, so everything's going to be new. You know, all the sets that I is going to run, their defense, their ball screen coverage, all of that good stuff. It's all going to be new. Um, so that's really exciting, too. It's like it's a great time to kind of kick this off. Absolutely. And frankly, we've got some other announcements kind of planned for the coming weeks, uh, but this is the first one. Makes all the sense in the world. So go to assemblycall.com slash community. You can join the community. And then once you get in there, you'll be able to take advantage of the special deal that we have happening. You know, we really, we wanted our current community members to get the best deal on this. And so we're going to raise the price on it next Friday, but you got the next week uh, to get in there, take advantage. Because when you lock in that price, it'll be that price forever for as long as we're running the community and Tony's doing uh, the IU film room, that's what the price will be. So let us know if you have any questions. Tweet us at Assembly Call, at Jared Morris, at Coach Adrania. Don't tweet at Rumors and Rants because he doesn't really know anything about this. Um, he just shows up yeah, to leave, give leave me, leave me out of it, guys. Come on. <laughs> I've, asked, I've asked repeatedly for you not to add new information that I have to remember. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk some basketball here. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but the official, unofficial Big Ten media poll came out where they basically take two beat writers from every school and do the preseason Big Ten predictions how they should be. Uh, they rank the teams. They do the you know the five all-conference players. Indiana was picked to finish seventh. Trace Jackson Davis was a first-team all-conference selection, uh, and the order went Michigan first, then Purdue, then Illinois, Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan State, then Indiana then Rutgers, um, then Iowa and Wisconsin, and then obviously the rest of the teams back beyond that. Uh, Ryan, what was your reaction? Any any strong reactions to uh, to the official unofficial poll? Uh, there were no real surprises. I, I think that pretty much the offseason told us where these rankings would be. I, I think that I, I kind of saw you throw a little shade on the Purdue ranking, uh, or, or not the ranking, but you know when uh, Greg Doyle came out with his column about it being one of the best teams he's ever seen or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, a ridiculous statement. It is an absolutely ridiculous. Statement. And that, that's what I was going to say. I think Purdue, Purdue has a lot coming back and is going to be a very talented squad, but Michigan's kind of proven that it belongs in that position. I don't think Purdue has proven that yet with expectations what they can be. And so I, I, you know, whether they're a solid number two for me, I, I kind of look at it as Michigan is above everybody else. And then there's that group below and that group below is kind of all together for me. Uh, I think Purdue's going to be a very good basketball team. I've, I've said that last year too. I thought that was the, the, when we were talking about reasons you have to fire Archie Miller, one of them is because Purdue's going to be really good next year and you need to start to build some momentum because they have momentum. Um, but it will be interesting to see how Purdue plays with expectations. I've always felt that that um, Matt Painter's teams do well when people don't expect them to be very good and they kind of jump up a little bit. And so that will be an interesting thing to watch. That was my only note, really. I, I thought that lined up pretty much where everybody's been saying it would line up. I think Indiana's being a little bit undervalued at seven. I'd put them in the 
in the five to seven range uh, if I was picking. But you got to remember that. I mean, people are discounting the fact that Trace Jackson Davis could take over a game and completely dominate it. He was in a bad system last year. If, if this system works out, you're going to start seeing him do a whole lot more. And if he has help around him, that's a guy who can take over a game and completely dominate it. And, and so I think that they're undervaluing Indiana a, a little bit. But again, I understand it because nobody's seen what this team can do on the floor. We haven't seen what this team can do on the floor. And so it, it's again, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. It's just kind of like, well, we don't know what they're going to be. But I do feel like with the roster they have back, it's a team that's probably being undervalued, but I understand why people are undervaluing it. It's almost like a safe play to put them down in that 7-8 range. Yeah, well, and frankly, the unknown has kind of been a nice place to be in for, for one yeah. season after the last few it's, seasons. It's a lot less scary. It's- <laughs> yeah. uh, Tony, your high-level reaction. We're going to talk more about the Big Ten next segment, but your high-level reactions to the official unofficial poll. Yeah, I mean, it kind of lines up with Ryan. There was nothing that jumped off the page. It's like, ooh, I didn't see that. Uh, I thought uh, it was a little bit interesting to see uh, Caleb Houston got a vote uh, for first team All Big Ten. Um, don't usually see that from uh, from a freshman, but that was kind of interesting to me, I guess, um, in terms of things that kind of jumped off the page. But I mean, overall, hard to go wrong with anybody that was preseason first team. Um, like you said, IU middle of the road makes a lot of sense, kind of in that range of Rutgers and Maryland. I think I think Iowa is going to be really not very good at all. I could I could see them being lower tier Big Ten for sure. Um, I thought nine was kind of generous uh, to them, but I mean, with all that said, I think Penn State could could maybe surprise a little too. Um, but you know, with Shrewsbury being, being in his first year, they're they're going to struggle probably a little bit, but. Again, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, I'll save, I'll save the preseason player of the year stuff um, for when we talk a little bit more Big Ten because that's it's one of my bold predictions. Is Ooh. is um, a couple, a couple of those are a couple of my bold predictions. So I'll save that. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Coach had some choice words for Fran McCaffrey in our, t- in our text message just today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's not a fan, no. not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. I, I like how you know Coach is up at Big Ten Media Day. He's trying to be all professional when he's there. You know, trying not to be like a fan or so he's just like texting us all the things that he probably wishes he could say yes. in person. It was very, yes. it was very entertaining. Uh, yeah, just as Fran said today, they will be deeper than last year. Yeah, you know, at Media Day, whenever coaches talk about depth, it just means that they don't really have any frontline guys that yeah. they trust. We're gonna be real exactly. deep this year. Yeah, uh, sure you are, Iowa. Um, and then the other note, you know, Ryan, you talked about Gabe Cups uh, earlier, you know, taking his junior year official to Bloomington early next week. He was just in attendance for Hoosier Hysteria. That seems pretty encouraging that he's coming back so soon after that. And I agree with you. He is a guy that I would absolutely love to see in the cream and crimson. I thought it was interesting that Indiana offered Bloomington North uh, standout JQ Roberts. Um, this was his first high major offer. He's a guy who's not even rated currently by 24-7, has some offers from the Miami of Ohio's and Ball States of the world uh, so far. And I haven't watched any film on him, so my knowledge of him is very, very limited. But just from what I've read, it sounds like he really broke out kind of this offseason, had some big scoring games uh, in some summer tournaments. And you know, just looking at his measurables and some brief scouting reports, 
He kind of sounds like a Jordan Geronimo type where he's got good size, you know, six, 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 seven, good athlete, you know, maybe a developing score type guy, um, but where you really would be banking on the upside. So do either of you guys have more insight on JQ Roberts? Obviously, it's always notable when a, you know, when a Bloomington guy gets offered because that's big news. Do I haven't guys- seen him play yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did text around, uh, and it seems I just heard back athlete really. Yeah. He's a, he runs track too, I believe like high level athlete pretty much. And, and I've also, I was also told that some other schools are coming in to look at him. So uh, big schools. So it's not just Indiana may just be first here because he's in the backyard, but you may see another, you know, high major come in and offer pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, if, if they've seen him, they know about him. If they're offering a kid in their backyard, they clearly feel confident. But I think people also need to remember that, like, if he's a high-level athlete, maybe they're just getting in early and hoping that he becomes something. Uh, but an offer doesn't mean that if you commit, there's room for you. Like, let's also remember that. There are committable offers and there are non-committable offers. And and it's sort of like, uh, for some guys, it offers like sort of a carrot on a stick. Like, hey, we're offering like you assuming you're going to get us to work on your game and we will have a spot for you. I mean, there are times where you have offers out to guys. They want to go to your school and you're like, sorry, we're kind of recruiting another guy ahead of you. We just don't have room for you right now. I mean, that happens. So an offer doesn't mean we'll take you right then in every case. So that's the way recruiting works, whether that's that's shady or, or weird or not. Everybody does it there. I mean, that's why, every school has 60, 70 offers out for three spots. You know, there are guys that they will take and guys that they won't. It's the way it works. Happens in football too. Yeah. Sorry. I texted around as well. I, I, uh, I've seen him play a few different times, uh, throughout the high school season. Um, not somebody I would have defined as a high major guy last high school season, which was the last time I saw him play live. Um, I thought he was pretty raw, um, and still had a lot of work to do on his game. Now, however, it looks like, a, from what I've heard, he's in the gym every single morning and and truly is working on his game and has had that mentality for sounds like a decade, which is pretty impressive for a kid that's in high school. Um, so it sounds like he, he does put in that work. And then it sounds like you said he had a breakout season, uh, AAU season. I think he had a 40-point game in Vegas, um, which really kind of turned some heads. Um, and so I think, you know, a, a guy that can stretch the floor, he's – I think he kind of thinks he's a three or four ish type player. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who cares at this point? Um, so it's it's uh, it'll be interesting. Like like uh, Ryan said, you know, the the it's kind of it's so bizarre because like the committable and non committable offers, like it's such an oxymoron of of, but it's all part of the game uh, that these coaches are playing. So yeah, I think it's them just trying to do some work early. Um, and, and kind of get that offer in. They know some other high majors about to about to bounce in. I think but he's got a visit to Butler next week. I would imagine he's probably going to get an offer there. And so IU can kind of play that game if he does happen to break out of, look, we were first. Joel, I'm going to have to ask you to stop harassing chatters with fake news, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh. About him actually liking me now? Yeah. What is this nonsense? Ryan always tosses bombs. I've grown to appreciate Ryan more and more. Used to think he was always wrong, but turns out I was wrong. Folks, give me give me some time. I will grow on you. <laughs> like fungus, I will grow on you. Just wait. Uh, time has proven me right on virtually nothing. Never forget. Never forget. Um, all right. 
That's good for segment one. We covered a lot there. Um, Coming up on Assembly Call Radio, we are going to look ahead to the Big Ten season with some bold Big Ten predictions. We will give you ours, then we will debate them, and then chat mob, we want to hear yours too. That's next here on the Assembly Call. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Jared? Jared? Yeah. Welcome back to the assembly call. How do you keep up with the fire hose of information that comes out almost every day about IU basketball? It's crazy during the offseason. It's even crazier during the season. Well, we have got your back. We send out a free weekly email newsletter on Sunday mornings. It rounds up the most important and interesting IU basketball stories from the previous week to keep you up to date on your Hoosiers. And there are over 8,000 of your fellow IU fans on the list. That's actually nearing 9,000. And we want you to be on there too. So go to join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free now. That is join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free right now. And you will get that first email in your inbox on Sunday morning. All right, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Tony Adranya. And guys, let's talk about the Big Ten. We spent a little bit of time in segment one talking about the official, unofficial uh, poll that came out. Obviously, we are recording this show uh, in between the two days of Big Ten Media Day. So they started today on Thursday. They will go tomorrow. Uh, Coach Woodson and Indiana will be going tomorrow. That is where Coach Tonsoni is. Uh, Did you guys happen to see the news and notes from Big Ten Media Day today? Did anything jump out at you uh, besides Fran McCaffrey hilariously talking about how deep his team is going to be, which is basically just another way of saying we have no Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp, and I have no idea what we're going to do. Anything else? I did see him him deflecting when people asked about defense. That was uh, awesome. I I just as as coach texted to us, I saw Jawan Howard. I just find him incredibly impressive. I think that he's just a guy who gets it. Um, You know, he's one of those people that was always talked about when he was a player about how he was kind of a basketball savant. He was just really smart and sort of understood basketball on a different level than other people. And when you're a big guy, you don't really get credit for that a lot of times, you know, because you don't, you're not a guard. You're not surveying the floor and making decisions. You're just kind of, you know, especially in the NBA and, and college when he played, you're just kind of posting up and, you know, wandering around setting screens. But that's a guy who's incredibly intelligent and, and is incredibly, you know, 
incisive when it comes to basketball and and just gets it and and it seems like from top to bottom he understands the game he understands recruiting he understands what it takes to run a program and that has been the most impressive thing for me the last one is the most impressive thing for me since he became the head coach at Michigan it just seems like he understands all aspects of college basketball and is a guy who I think is going to be a force in the Big 10 for a long time unless as an, Indiana, as an Indiana fan, let's pray he's successful and an NBA team comes along and tries to steal him um, because I think he's he's going to be a great head coach for a long time. Tony, any no- news and notes from Big Ten Media Day that jumped out? Uh, yeah, I saw a few different people tweeting about how EJ Liddell was uh, slimmed down quite a bit. Um, and then he actually made a comment that like four people would come up to him today and, and talked about uh, how good he looked. So uh, that was that'll be interesting. You know, he, he's got somebody that's kind of guarded uh, centers in the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how his game transforms a little bit um, for Ohio State. You know, they're they're projected towards the top of the Big Ten. So that one kind of stood out to me is just something to keep an eye on, something to watch. Sometimes when guys slim down like that, but don't really change how they play. It, it hurts them. Um, and so, you know, I think he probably did that to benefit his game and be able to move and play out on the perimeter a little bit more. But, um, you know, when you actually get into the games, as we like, just as a side note, like we saw Trace Jackson Davis, he's been working on his outside shot. He got into the game in the Bahamas. We didn't see him shoot an outside shot because you go with what you're comfortable with. EJ Liddell, um, you know, comfortable kind of playing. I mean, he can shoot the ball a little bit, but just comfortable kind of playing that bruiser style a little bit, and then he slims down. That could actually hurt his game, um, you know. Or, you know, he might go out and torch the Big Ten and be a 40% three-point shooter, and I could be completely wrong, which has happened before. I'm very comfortable with my bruiser hosting style, so I did not slim down heading into the season. I plan to play <laughs> the same way that I have the last couple seasons. Um Let's go to some bold Big Ten predictions. So I will start with my first one. Uh, It seems like Purdue, Illinois, and Michigan are pretty much everybody's top three. Uh, Typically with Illinois as the third of those, and then Purdue and Michigan, you know, flip-flop depending on your preference. My bold prediction is that I think that one of Illinois or Michigan will not finish in the top three. Um, I don't know which one, but I think there are question marks on each of them. You know, and this is the reason why, to me, Ryan, I would, oh God, I would feel more comfortable picking, picking Purdue over Michigan as the Big Ten favorite, because I think that people are underrating. Um, and I'm going to give a hat tip to Brendan and Dylan over at Moving Screen Pod because they pointed this out. You know, they lose Franz Wagner, Shondi Brown, Isaiah Livers, and Mike Smith, who all had an offensive rating of 108.5 or better. And those guys were all really good three-point shooters. Three of them shot 40-plus percent, and the other one was Franz Wagner, who was a top-ten pick. And so replacing that kind of offensive production and experience, because those guys played a lot of minutes, that could be kind of difficult. You know, Juwan Howard's first couple years, he's been anchored by some guys who have been around a little bit, some older players. And now, you know, they're building this team around Hunter Dickinson. You've got, you know, some more new players coming in, both, you know, freshmen and some transfers. And I'm a little bit worried about where the shooting is going to come from and how that might affect Hunter Dickinson and what they want to do offensively. And similarly with Illinois, who I already have less faith in than Michigan, you know, don't underestimate the loss of Io. Like, Curbelo, I think, is going to be good. Kofi is a nice centerpiece, especially in the Big Ten. Miller's good. But Io bailed them out of a lot of games last year, and they don't have that guy now. So... You know, I think there are probably more question marks 
at Ohio State and Maryland and Michigan State and Indiana, like if you just line them up. Um, but I think it's more likely that one of those teams rises up and grabs a top three spot than both Michigan and Illinois finish in the top three. Because um, I think their question marks are bigger than what people are seem to be assuming. So that's my bold, that's one of my bold predictions. Well, I think most people are assuming that Kofi Coburn, because he's a true center and has dominated before, will be the player of the year. I, th- I think a lot of people feel that way just because whether he's the best player or not, he's going to put up ridiculous numbers, sort of in a Luca Garza kind of way. Obviously, not the same way Garza did, but Garza put up big numbers. And Coburn is going to put up big numbers and, and, and he'll be the player of the year. So I, it might not be that bold, but my prediction is Hunter Dickinson is going to be the player of the year, and I don't think it's going to be close. And the reason why is exactly what you said, Jared. They're building their offense around him, and then he's got a ridiculous amount of talent around him to help out. And you look at their recruiting class, and these are guys who are going to come in and play and have a big impact. I mean, uh, Houston it was got votes for for players did he make the preseason team i didn't see the no, he just but he, votes. he was close i mean to get votes is incredible alex and it dylan had him in the top 10 in their big 10 top 25 players i mean i you know given what he did in high school and what he looks like as a player i'm not shocked but they've got other guys and and i think i'm i'm just going to be interested to see how that offense gets set up i mean again howard is incredibly smart he's going to figure out how to use his guys I am concerned about the shooting. I, I agree with you on that. That shooting is going to be their biggest question mark. Can any Big Ten team shoot? By the way, I mean the shooting across the conference is really down this Not year. Great. No. Not great. <laughs> no. Not great. I think I think Purdue can probably shoot it a little bit, but everybody feels like they lost their best shooter. I mean, except for Indiana. <laughs> except for Indiana. <laughs> yeah. But like it does. It feels like everybody lost their best shooter, and so. But guys develop, guys get better. So again, it'll be interesting to see how that pops up. I don't think that the league is going to be as static as people think it is. I do think Michigan is the best team. They have the most talent, and they have right now the guy I consider probably in the moment, not over his career, but in the moment, the best coach right now. And so if you're looking most talent, best coach, best staff probably included in that, um, that's why I picked them number one and think they're head and shoulders. Will that happen? I don't know. We haven't seen them on the floor yet without all those guys that Jared mentioned. So, but I don't think the league is going to be that static. I don't think it's going to be a clear cut one, two, three all season as everybody's predicting. There's always a team that jumps up. There's always a team that's better that we don't, you know, it, it could be anyone in the conference to jump up. And I think there's going to be team. Um, I think there's going to be teams that drop down. The one thing I will say is having looked at the at the schedules, I don't think schedule is going to dictate who wins the conference like I feel like a lot of times it does. I think that there's a very even distribution of ability across the conference, and I think that everybody's going to be facing, you know, I looked at the various scheduling at the, at the various schedules and how they line up. And I think that the top half of the conference all have pretty similar difficulties to their schedules, I felt. By the way, Indiana actually lost our two best shooters. Armand <laughs> Franklin and Alder were both gone. So <laughs> kind of forgot that in the Yeah, in the but they imported Miller they imported Miller Cop and uh Parker Stewart and you know, I mean so Yeah. They did, did lose their best shooter. We do we have some theoretical <laughs> shooting, but we did lose yeah, our two actual best shooters. So yeah. That's that's worth noting. Uh Tony, your first bold prediction. 
Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, what you you both uh, talked about in your bold prediction. So uh, mine is that the Illinois faithful will be counting down the days for Coburn to leave. Um, wow! In a, in a in a in a very toxic way, not because like Coburn's bad or or he's, but you know, there's already some tension there. He entered the portal, um, and so there's a little bit of tension built up. Just almost with the fan went base to Kentucky. Him. Almost went to Kentucky after you know there was talks of him going to the NBA. Um, he's going to be relied relied on as their go-to guy. Um, there's going to be more focus on him from defenses with no IO. Don't get me wrong. Illinois is going to have a lot of talent, but, um, you know, all eyes will be on him. Um, and they're, they're, they're Illinois is going to lose some games. They're not going to go undefeated. Um, and he's just going to bear that burden. Just, I think because of that tension was kind of already created there and it's just going to kind of grow to be a toxic thing. Again, this is a bold prediction. Um, but I think that, uh, you're going to see some people on Twitter or whatever that are just like, I can't wait for him to be gone. He's a distraction or the offense doesn't flow with him just clogging up the paint there, whatever it may be. Um, I think, I think you're going to end up seeing that. I'm really surprised that you would say that about the usually reasonable Illinois fan base. That's very, <laughs> it's very surprising. <clears throat> very surprising. Ryan's muted. I was going to say, hey there, those in glass houses. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Next bold prediction. Uh, my bold prediction is that the top five players in the conference are going to be bigs. Uh, Kofi, Trace, Hunter Dickinson, Travion Williams, EJ Liddell. And I don't know if they'll all five get be on the all Big Ten team because sometimes voters do goofy things. But I think it'll be clear by the end of the year that those are the five best players. And that is in part a compliment to those guys because I think they're all five really good college you know, post players. Liddell can obviously face the basket a little bit. Um, but it's also because there just isn't that good a guard play in the big 10, which goes along. I'm just going to give my, my second or my third bold prediction now. Cause it goes along with this. I don't think the big 10 is going to have a team make it past the sweet 16. Like I just look at all these rosters and I think it'll be kind of a fun, competitive big 10 season. And I think there's a lot of good teams. Like I think the big 10 has a lot of teams that you would probably slot between like 15th and 25th in the country. And I think because of the bigs, they'll probably dominate early rounds of the NCAA tournament. So they might get like six or seven teams into the Sweet 16. But I just have a really hard time when you look at the guard play thinking that they're going to actually beat any of those teams in the Sweet 16. So those are my bold predictions. It's a conference built around big guys, which is nice and will lead to decent conference strength in the regular season. But I just don't see it translating to any March success this year. I just I don't see any rosters unless like, okay, so for example, like I think Indiana has the potential if things go right. Michigan, if their young guys come around, you know, Ohio State, potentially if their guards stay healthy, you know, I think there's some teams that could do it, but there's none that I really feel comfortable with um, because I just don't think the guard play is that good. It's interesting. You really think that Ivy won't be one of the top five? I don't. I think Ivy's going to be fine, but I don't think he's going to be better than those five guys. That's interesting because I can can't see shoot. Ivy and Curbelo. <laughs> I mean, I can see Ivy and Curbelo creeping in if Curbelo can. Yeah, I could. Honest. They both they have the potential to do it. Yeah, but the thing is, neither one of those guys has shown that he can shoot it yet. I mean, Ivy was at twenty some percent last year, and didn't he play? He did something this. I think this off season and was in the twenty you know percent range shooting. So he just hasn't shown that he can make shots. If he does that, it was it was interesting on the moving screen pod. Um, Dylan Burkhart was kind of comparing him to Victor Oladipo, you know, as a guy who could take that big leap if he figures out how to shoot it. 
actually didn't hate that comparison. I think there's, you know, that's a that's a decent comp. That was obviously the biggest thing for Victor is when he started making shots. And if Ivy can do that, yeah, he'll be a top five player. He just hasn't shown it yet. So, uh, yeah, I think as Trent says, everyone's a little overhyped on Ivy. I agree. I mean, it's terrific possible, player. Yeah. I wish he was on our team. Don't get me wrong. Well, and let's but. remember all the stuff he did last year was when he'd come in and everybody was focusing on everyone else. You yeah. know, so I I have sort of a, a bold prediction. It's that I think that Michigan State could be much better than we think, like a top four Big Ten team, and not have anybody make the All Conference team hmm. because they're going to be. They don't seem like they have a star this year or a lead guy it just seems like they've got a lot of good solid tom Izzo type players you know usually there's there's one guy who's a lead guy and then a bunch of tom Izzo type guy you know what i mean by tom Izzo types like hard-nosed can kind of shoot it rebounds the crap out of the ball plays defense seems like they got a lot of those guys and not you know a cassius winston this year. So I, I think that could be a, a team that sneaks into the top four yet doesn't have somebody, you know, maybe they get somebody, you know, barely sneaking on the second team, but not have an all conference player. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, many people are noting, you know, uh, regarding Ivy that Armand Franklin was obviously pretty poor for with threes, his freshman year and made a big jump as a sophomore. Definitely true. Ivy could do that. And if he does, he probably will be one of the top five players. I guess I just want to see it. And it's just kind of the respect that I have for those five big guys who have all really shown it. Um, Tony, your other bold predictions for the Big Ten? Yeah, my uh, my second one is uh, it's the homer in me and, and that we're making bold predictions. Uh, TJD wins Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, Bam! You know, averages averages double-double, probably 20-10-ish. and 10-ish. Um, Ups that free throw shooting to 70% or better uh, from the line. The team sees a, a huge, pretty big improvement, um, which kind of garners some attention from people. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking off of like some Coburn slides and, and things like that um, to where um, just kind of the perfect storm for TJD to, to come in there and win Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, my, my last bold prediction is that we're going to see a contrast in how Big Ten games are officiated. Um if from so from the 2019 2020 season the sec averaged 39 fouls per game um in in the top six conferences the big 10 was the lowest in fouls per game at 33 um and you know it's just a slugfest in there and i think you're seeing league officials kind of getting and by officials i mean like presidents and things like that not like the actual referees you know to get nancy for a national title it's been what 21 to be going on 22 years this season um, the, the style of play in the Big Ten is a stark contrast from the style of play you see in the NCAA tournament, especially from um, some of those top that, teams. The, I thought that stood out the most last year. Like it really, it it was a huge contrast watching the NCAA tournament. I think it's been growing that way for a long time. I think last year was the most stark it's ever been. The difference between the Big Ten and the way everybody else plays basketball, which is kind of weird because like. It, you know, the NCAA tournament, it turns into a possession, you know, possessions game where it's, it's, it's so like grinded out, but it's still just the contrast of big 10 games. It's just like beat the hell out of each other. And they're like, you know, slug fest and see who wins. So, uh, you know, that's, that's obviously again, just a bold prediction, but I think it's, 
you've got more teams that are in the Big Ten now. They're kind of moving to that modern style. You've got NBA coaches and Juwan Howard and Mike Woodson. Uh, Holtman runs an NBA style. Um, Illinois and, and Brad Underwood kind of run a nice style too. So um, I think that you'll just kind of see uh, – A, I, some of this is just hopeful. We'll see less monitor reviews. Um, try to just keep some more flow into these games. Um, so this was outside of a bold prediction. It's more so of a hope, hopeful prediction, um, to just see a little bit more flow and just let guys operate in space and not have two hands on guys and stuff like that on the defensive end. Um, and that's just the offensive minded, uh, fan in me that, you know, I get frustrated sometimes when, um, I just see the defense like literally has two hands on some guy's hips as they're trying to drive the ball and it's not called, but, um, I don't know. It's it, the the foul numbers were interesting from the SEC to the Big Ten. Six fouls per game. Um, that's that's huge. Chat mob, you have any bold Big Ten predictions? Put them in there, and we'll uh, we'll read them off here if you have any. Ryan, any other bold Big Ten predictions for you? No, I think those are those are the two I had in the chamber. Also, uh, Fran McCaffrey will uh, his head will explode at some point this season. There. That's my other one. That's different, pretty, different than every other year. Pretty safe hey, look, bet. You got to sink the short putts too, Jared. Okay. Who do you guys have more confidence in this year? Iowa, Wisconsin, or Nebraska? Wisconsin. Hmm. One more time. Iowa, Wisconsin, or Nebraska? Because I feel like one of those teams is going to finish ninth. I got to go with Wisconsin. But hmm. I think... Nebraska will be interesting. They're kind of a wild card this year. Um, they'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one has any confidence in Iowa, nor should you. Uh, let's <laughs> no, see. I, there, but there's a lot of a lot of Nebraska love in the chat here. Uh, a lot of people saying Nebraska. Okay, Ari's bold prediction is that Minnesota will go zero and twenty. Their roster is pretty bad. That's actually not ridiculous. <laughs> that is not ridiculous. I kind of thought he was making a joke at first. Uh, not ridiculous. Let's see. Jack says Purdue will lose in the first round again. I don't know about that. I, they're probably too big to lose in the first round, but I don't think they're going to make it past the Sweet 16. Uh, Coach Tonsoni says Nebraska is ninth for him. Joel says Nebraska is going to make the NCAA tournament. So, How many Big Ten teams make the NCAA tournament? Is that saying nine make it? I think I think eight are going to make it. Um, that's with with Rutgers as the eighth one. I think those eight teams. Though I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I think you can look at Purdue and Michigan and Illinois, and if you want to say they're the top three, fine. And then you've got kind of that next group, but there's not a whole lot separating. You know, third from eighth. I mean, it's just it's going to be it's going to be a slugfest in the Big Ten this year, which we say all the time. But I mean, it really feels like there's going to be a lot of evenly matched teams. Um, playing this year okay excellent good segment guys a lot of fun there uh coming up here in our third and final segment tonight we will do a very important subscriber shout out and then we will answer your questions uh got a lot of good ones and so we will answer all the ones that came in coming up next stick with us Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi, it's Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. That was our last NCAA tournament victory. God. Oof. How long ago does that feel? (laughs) Jesus, just thinking about that as he said that. I am so ready to end that entire line of conversation and being reminded of how long it's been. Uh, But man, that game was so much fun. I love Thomas Bryant. Uh, Okay, I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Tony Adrania. And it is segment three, which can only mean one thing. Subscriber shout out, subscriber shout out. All right, so today our subscriber shout-out goes to the great Jack Forney, one of our longtime listeners. Uh, we had one of our first assembly call meetups in Bloomington, and we went and had lunch at uh, Upland Brewery, and Jack was there, met us there to come have lunch with us. Like He's just an awesome, awesome guy, and texted me earlier today uh, to let me know that today is his wife's birthday, uh, and so we want to wish her a happy birthday. And also, Jack's daughter, Shaylin. Ryan, do you remember uh, for those couple of years when the assembly call was playing live at Yogi's? The uh, old Yogi's. That's right. The old Yogi's. They would, they would play the assembly call. It would go live at Yogi's after the games. Uh, and Shaylin, who was one of the servers there, she was a big fan of the show, and she helped us hook that up. Well, she is getting married to her longtime boyfriend, and that is happening. Well, that's happening on Saturday. That's awesome. So he wanted a birthday wish to his wife. Uh, and congratulations to Shaylin and Andrew uh, on their wedding. That is phenomenal. Where's the applause? Congratulations. Happy birthday to Joey. Uh, happy nuptials to Shaylin and Andrew. That is awesome. Hopefully we'll get to see you guys this year when we come into town. Um, and thanks for texting, Jack. And thanks for being such an awesome, awesome audience member for the assembly call. Jack's awesome. He's been with us for a He's been a fan for a long a time. Long time. And has always, always participated and been awesome. Yes, he has. Absolutely. 
Um, all right, guys, it is mailbag time. All of these questions submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about at assemblycall.com slash community. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, you can go take advantage of the special deal that we're running with uh, Tony Adranya's IU film room uh, joining us. So that is, it's a premium section inside of the, the paid community. So you go in, you join our community, you'll get all the discussion, all of the happy hours and all the stuff that we do normally. And then if you want, you know, the extra in-depth film analysis, then you can join uh, the IU film room in there. And if you do join that, like it all comes up in one feed. It's really easy to to watch and organize um, and kind of keep track of. Um, so go there, assemblycall.com slash community, join us and you can submit these questions for the show. First question comes to us from Coach Jeff. Is the panel as bullish on the Hoosiers' chances to be a dark horse Final Four contender as Andy Katz, where he rates them second behind Syracuse? I covered this in my banner moment. Uh, Tony, your thoughts on the dark horse Hoosiers? I, I just, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as bullish on a dark horse Final Four team. Um, I'll take a Sweet 16, though. That would be awesome. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think our roster is constructed to where I could see, um, you know, that happening. Now, I would love to be proven wrong, um, but no, I, I'm just, I can't see it. I'd take a sweet round of 64 at this point. Let's just get back <laughs> yeah, in. Exactly. Let's just get back in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Small steps. Ryan, your uh, thoughts on the Dark Horse Hoosiers? It's tough. If Armand Franklin was back and developed, you know, on the same trajectory, I, I think maybe. But I, I just think they're missing or they not, may not be missing that guy. I just don't see it right now. Having that guard who can a hit a big shot for you from the perimeter and b break you down and make it to the hoop in a big situation. We'll see if somebody steps into that role, but I don't see it on the roster right now. Just because, again, I haven't seen some of these guys play yet, really. Um, so that that's what's holding me back. A junior like Armand developing the way he was. If he was there, man, I I would I would, you know, make that make that prediction and, and feel great about it. But but no, I I I don't see it right now. I'm going to play those comments for Tamar Bates the next time I talk to him and see what he. Tamar's has to a say. freshman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do in college. I love I I love his. Hey, you know you know how high I was on him in my scouting report. I, I love that kid. You were that was that was one of the most bullish scouting reports that you have ever. Yeah, you, you weren't here did. for the Jalen Hood-Scafino one, too. That was another one that was through the roof. That's a good sign for Coach Woodson and what he's building. Yeah. That is good because some of yeah, those usually there's reports... Usually <laughs> on my scouting reports, there's very much a but. And with Hood-Scafino, it's mostly like, no, he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty but good. But how soon can he get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, then from Kevin, is the offer to J.Q. Roberts too soon? I'm going to – I mean – that's it's one of those questions you're only going to be able to answer in hindsight. I would say my one bit of pause is you got to be careful with a Bloomington kid if you're going to offer him, you know, because it's just if you're going to offer him and he doesn't play or there's going to be shenanigans with like a non-committable offer and all that stuff, like you don't really want that to happen with a guy who's from, you know, the city, so I think you just want to make sure that you're comfortable with that. Um but I don't think it's too soon because he's got the athletic talent and if you believe in your player development, and he's playing better, and you fear that some other big schools are going to get in there, you also want the hometown guy to know that you believed in him before anybody else. So I say I trust their judgment on doing it, um, but we'll only, we'll only really be able to judge it in hindsight. But I say no. Do you guys have any different thoughts on that? 
what was the question? I'm sorry, I cut out for a second. Was it is was it too early? Yeah, was it too soon? Uh, no. Uh, if he's your hometown kid, you should be the first one on him. Quite frankly, of the major schools, obviously, if he's good enough. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know they clearly see some growth potential there. But at the same time, you know, as you were saying with the non-committable offer and all that stuff, he's class of 2023. There's a long way to go in that recruitment. So we don't know what he's going to be yet. I mean, he really, I want to see him on the floor this, this fall and uh, late fall and and winter and, and see what he can do before we start making, you know, proclamations that maybe it's, it's too early, too late, whatever. Let's, let's see what this kid can do when he gets on the floor in you know, in Bloomington and, and see what happens. Yeah. And that I basically agree with Ryan. I mean, we lack so much context into everything that's gone into his recruitment thus far and what, you know, the conversation was about the offer. Um, I, I think it's Dane. Dane is the main recruiter on him. Um, you know, I think that, uh, that says a lot, you know, Dane's been able to kind of see, he's seen the college landscape from, um, a, a pretty wide, vantage point. Now I know there's some people that talked about guys that he's been able to get in and not been able to get in yet and all that good stuff. But anyway, I, you know, we just lack the context. So if the staff thinks that it's the right move to make to offer him, then I, they've given me no reason to believe then that that wasn't the right move to make then. Uh, from Joel, what if at the end of the season, this team is completely healthy and the five guys getting the most minutes are Xavier Johnson, Scoop, Parker Stewart, Jordan Geronimo, and Trace Jackson Davis. I guess you just want our reaction to that lineup. Uh, so what if? Well, I guess that would mean that Race probably didn't develop a face-up game, and so you're bringing him off the bench. It would certainly mean that Jordan Geronimo's offense has come around, uh, and it means that you know Tamar Bates kind of lives up to the ceiling of what we think he can be, even as a freshman. Because I don't think anybody would be shocked if you know, Xavier's the point guard. I don't think anybody would be shocked if Parker Stewart is playing a lot because the shooting and certainly you wouldn't be shocked about trace. Um, you know, and I think to me, when I look at this tomorrow and Jordan Geronimo are two of the highest ceiling players on the roster. So oh, if, that, absolutely. if that is the lineup, it might actually mean that we're pretty darn good. If those guys are the ones playing, um, you know, so what do you guys think if, if those guys are in there? Cause that's a really athletic lineup. If you're rolling with those guys. So the question was, how? What would our reaction be if that those are the guy five guys? Yeah, he basically just minutes? said like, what if? It, it, I would have some questions, I guess, about you know about why you know why like a Miller cop wasn't involved or um, you know what happened to race. Certainly, um, you know, race is to me he's such a guy that you just can't take off the floor just because he does so many things, intangible things, and then it sounds like a jump shot has possibly been developed. I've seen a couple of videos of, of him knocking down some threes with, and his shot looks pretty smooth. So um, I would have some questions certainly, but like you said, that's an athletic lineup. I think, you know, all things considered, that means Parker Stewart shooting the ball really well, um, which is a good thing. Um, you know, I think, I think Woody will certainly um, not play him a ton if he's really not knocking the shots down. Um, so I think that would be a good thing. So, I guess overall, um, you know, more more positive than negative. But I would have a question on questions on a couple guys and and why they didn't uh, stick with the starting lineup. Yeah, certainly there's questions, but I don't think that lineup is completely out of the question. I I think that 
with Tamar Bates by the end of the season, if he's not playing a significant role in this team, something's gone terribly wrong. Um, and then with Jordan Geronimo, I mean, I, the way I look at Geronimo and I've kind of always looked at him with his athleticism, he's kind of a lottery ticket. If he turns out to be a great player, awesome. That was a, a good quick recruitment they snagged a, a really athletic kid who developed if he doesn't develop you can still bring him in for five fouls every game and and just some runaround athleticism so there's really no downside there uh it's sort of like signing someone for cheap in in major league baseball and just hoping they have a great season or, or the nfl and hoping they have a great season i it's it's all, all upside and if it works out i would not be shocked at all because that guy has the ceiling uh, as high as, as, you know, I would, I don't know if it's as high as anybody on the team, but it's certainly up there, his ceiling. I mean, you could say like, that might be the highest ceiling lineup we have, you know, outside of, outside of if Lander just takes a quantum leap, you know, and you know, would he be better than Xavier Johnson? But Xavier Johnson's done it for three years. You know, he's a good athlete. You know, if he you know can shoot it halfway decently, I mean, that, that five-man lineup would be, you know, it's got a chance to to be pretty good. It's well, certainly athletic. I'll tell you so. what it has. Those guys can play, I mean, given their athleticism, those guys can play some defense. Yeah. that You know, they'll, they'll be flying around at the ball. Um, that's that's a heavy athleticism lineup. Yep. Uh, okay, from IU Artifacts, which player are you most eager to see play and analyze how they developed overall or worked on a specific weakness from last year in the offseason under this new staff? I mean, to That's me, it's a very nice. good question. It's a that great a, question. There's a lot of guys. Uh, I'm biased, but I'm going with Rob Finnessy. I just think we've spent so much time analyzing him. I can't wait to see what he can do, you know, kind of in a new role. I think you could say the exact same thing about Race Thompson. And, you know, maybe the difference in role could even be more stark with Race if he's That's facing my, the basket more. That's um, my pick. But But Rob is the guy that I'm really excited to see, especially with all the talk about mindset and all this stuff. You know, is he able to really step up and kind of, fulfill his promise as a player tony who are you looking to see mine is actually tjd um with with you know the right hand and the outside development like if if he can develop into a first round pick under mike woodson it's the best recruiting pitch in college basketball like you know this is a guy that was in college was a a top player but just didn't have the nba skill set and in one season mike woodson was able to turn him into an nba you know first round draft pick um, so I'm excited just to see how his game's developed and, and working on his weaknesses. Like I said, right hand, um, being able to guard on the perimeter. Um, sounds like Mike Woodson wants to do some switching on ball screens. So being able to guard on the perimeter is going to be pretty important for him. So he's one that I'm certainly looking forward to seeing. I, how about Trey Galloway? A lot of people in the chat are mentioning Trey Galloway. Yeah, he's getting some off-season buzz, too. Yeah. Um. I, I had heard from some people that he was actually shooting it pretty well. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it um, because I understand he didn't really change his motion that much, but he's making threes, which would be shocking to me. Um, but in a wider, you know, in, in an open sort of offense where there's driving lanes and the ability to sort of cut through the lane and maybe dish or finish or whatever, I that could really elevate what he can do on the floor because he works best in the open floor. We saw it last year. Uh, the, the, the best we saw him were in those early games where they were fast breaking and he was able to get out, finish and make passes and, and see the floor and, and handle the ball and all that, you know, in the, in at full speed, if this is really going to be an open offense and there's going to be driving lanes that will elevate his game almost certainly. Now, how does he 
you know, develop and, and, and become better in that scenario. We'll see, but, but I'll be interested to see how much better he's gotten because he didn't transfer. That's the thing is that a guy like Trey and a guy like Anthony Leal were convinced to stay. I mean, they didn't put their names in the portal, but they didn't leave either. And so they must feel like there's room for them on this team in this scenario with, with Mike Woodson. And Lander is obviously the other guy, you know, just to see how much better he is, you know, and it's not even, I mean, it is a system fit, but it's also just like a basic basketball skills fit. Can he guard his yard? Can he stay aware and help side defense? Can he look competent as a shooter? Because you see the skills, you see the passing. Just hit the rim. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see the passing and the offensive awareness and some of that stuff that's almost innate, you know, like he's really good at that kind of stuff, but he's got to get better at the other stuff. Um, and if he does, he'll play. And if he doesn't, you know, there's a lot of other talented players uh, that'll pass him for minutes. But I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I, that's why everybody's so excited. You know, it's Again, that's part of the fun of a new coach and a new system is seeing how some of the holdovers, you know, adjust. Again, another guy who, if the offense is really going to be that open, if there's going to be fast breaking and all of that, another guy who will benefit tremendously is Christian Lander. Yeah. You know, and like Joel said, you know, a lot of in the chat, you know, I think last year we said Christian Landry would play more than 25 minutes a game. I think a lot of people thought that, especially on this roster. I mean, when you're when the coach basically begs you to reclassify and you're coming to a roster that has that many guard problems, and we weren't alone in that. You know, Alex and Dylan, when they did their top 25 players, Christian Lander was 23rd. <laughs> now, think about how poor of a season Christian Lander had. And that's the thing about freshmen. You know, that's where we're talking all about these Michigan freshmen, and it's different because Lander classified up and ended up coming into, you know, kind of a disaster of an offensive system. Um, but things can go really wrong for guys that you haven't seen play. And so the hope is we know what his talent is, you know, a year of maturity, new system. Will that help him develop? We obviously all hope so. Confidence. Confidence would be huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. From Valerie, she wants to talk about Chris Mack. Will he be fired? Will Caleb Green ask for a release uh, of his commitment? Why he committed to a school already in hot water is beyond me. Will Indiana being in the running again? Ryan, you want to indulge in a little bit of Louisville schadenfreude? I mean... Will, wait, is it, will we be competitive for him again? Is that the... Well, she we wants to know commit? if Chris Mack is going to be fired. I don't know if he's going to be fired. I thought it was a Caleb Green question. Well, then it was Caleb Green. The the feed stuttered. So, um, Chris Mack, I, look, I'm hearing that things are not great there. Uh, do I think that he will? Do I know if he will get fired? I absolutely do not. But I have heard that things are not very good there right now. And there are problems between Chris Mack and the administration. Um, and obviously all of the NCAA issues that are going on there. There is a chance I've been told that it maybe doesn't work out uh, and they don't fix it, but I mean, they could decide tomorrow to change their mind. So I, I don't know, but I have heard things are not all is not well in paradise down there in Louisville. And is it ever? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just, Jesus. what is it? It's like 15 years of this. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, who are they going to hire next? Sean Miller, Kelvin yeah. Sampson, like who, who are yeah. they going to get? But so, and here's the thing. When they hired Chris Mack, there were a lot of people who respected what he did at Xavier and also said, he's kind of prickly. Mm -hmm. It's not, 
it's not, you know, you're not bringing him in and he's this guy who just everybody loves and embraces or whatever. There's a little Jim Harbaugh to him of, of, you know, so I never thought that that was that great a hire. I, when he, when there was a potential to hire him at IU, I was not a fan of that decision based on what I'd heard. Uh, you know, when uh, I think it was the Archie Miller hire, yeah, we've had several now, so it's hard for me to remember, but it was that it was the Archie, it was the Archie Miller hire and, and Chris Mack got some play for that and was talked about. And I talked to some people who said, stay away from him. that was more of a fan thing it was never he never had a chance at right yet. right right no but he was mentioned on all the lists yeah. is what i'm saying you know and and uh, i don't yeah i don't i don't think he ever had a chance to get the job but when people were mentioning him i talked to some people who knew him and and followed his program and followed his career and just said yeah no that's a stay away and so i'm not shocked by what's going on at louisville at all i think the man can coach on the floor uh but about half of your job when you're a college basketball coach, probably more than half your, of the job when you're a college basketball coach happens off the floor. Uh, and all of that is very important to your program. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I have just repeatedly heard it ain't good right now. And so will uh, certain players committed there be free agents soon? I don't know. Um you know, because a lot of times, let's be real, a lot of times these players commit to the assistant coaches more than the head coaches. And so if the assistants are still there, or if one of the assistants gets elevated, maybe they stay, you know. So cue Kenya Hunter 50 cent gif. I mean, <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. think about that. Think about how many players stayed because of Kenya Hunter, how many players transferred in because of Kenya Hunter, how many players have committed to IU because of Kenya Hunter. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that that there is some truth to that. So I don't know about that specific situation if he's going to become available, but yeah, things in Louisville not great right now by virtually all accounts. Not great to me. If there is a player to commit to an institution and not a staff, it's Kay, it's Glenn. You know, he's he's from there. It seems like there's been love for Louisville yep. forever. Like that's that's a kid to me that's like he was going to Louisville. It didn't matter who the coach was like to like a Leal in IU, like he and IU offer hmm. and, or the coach left after his freshman year, didn't even consider transfer portal. Like, I don't care who the coach is. I'm playing for the institution. Yeah. I kind of see that with Glenn. Yeah. And I'll say this too. Louisville will get a coach that he'll probably want to play for. I mean, you know, Louisville is right. going to be able to pay to get a good coach. Will there be NCAA sanctions? <laughs> yes. And, and will it be fun to play there during that time? Maybe not, but I mean, they'll be able to hire somebody who will, you know, if he's on the fence about leaving, that, that could convince him to stay. Will he? I don't know. We'll see. Kenya Hunter comes to you right now and says, I'm leaving unless you name me coach and waiting. Do you do it? That's rough. Um, or, okay, maybe it's not that combative. But Kenny Hunter gets an offer to go somewhere else. And yeah, it's a good he's going to go somewhere else. Yes. Okay. Um, I'd say yeah. I would do it. And, and here's here's why here's why I say that. If things don't work out with Woodson, all that stuff goes out the window of the you know coach away. Like you've seen coach and waiting. Oh, excuse me. You've seen coach away to get fired with the head coach before plenty of times. So if mm-hmm. it doesn't work out and it's all bad, your handshake agreement about coach and waiting is gone. So. Yes, I, I think you do. I think you need to have that that long term stability on the staff somewhere, 
uh, if that guy really is going to bolt for somewhere else, especially in a valuable. situation like this where the you know where the head coach is older too, it makes a little bit more sense. Well, to that's do, the thing to do yeah. something like that. Yeah. Would you do it, Tony? Um. Yeah, I think I would. Um. I think you'd have some some awkward conversations with Dane Fife, uh, soon after. Um. I'm willing to have those conversations with Dane Fife. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Ring absolutely. me up. I'll do it. Um, but yeah i mean dane this is gonna be awkward but we've got a podcaster that's gonna deliver some news to you (laughs) dane this is gonna be a weird conversation first of all nice to meet you second of all (laughs) yeah i i don't i don't know it would that would be it'd be awkward but i mean how could you not want to keep kenya hunter around like it's his uh, footprint on the program is pretty impressive currently Agree. Okay, a couple quick questions here uh, from Valerie. Since the location of the Final Four is not set in stone for New Orleans, any ideas where it might land? Selfishly, I'd like Indianapolis. They did such an awesome job of pulling the whole terrain together last year, and fans like the layout of downtown. Indianapolis is always awesome uh, for the Final Four. Um, what do you guys think about that? I haven't followed this at all. I didn't even know the Final Four was in New Orleans this year. I didn't either. I'll, I'll take Indy, though. You put it in Indy, I'm always happy. Yeah. Uh great place to have an event can't go wrong always is uh and then finally valerie says i saw several twitter posts about romeo langford yesterday but the content had been deleted what gives i don't know why it would have been deleted because romeo made a last second shot to win a preseason game which was awesome uh it was very reminiscent of the shot he hit from the left wing uh against michigan state which i think I think that tied it in regulation. It wasn't, he didn't hit the game winner against Michigan State, but he hit a big three after the ball had been saved um, from going out of bounds. So it was very similar to that. Uh, and it was just, it was great. And you could, I mean, you could tell with that shot, his release was so much quicker. I mean, he's really been working on a shot. You know, he's still, it still looks a little bit awkward, but he's getting it off a lot quicker. Um, you know what I can't I'll say? Wait. I'll say his shot looked just fine when he put 48 on us uh, in the semi state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was coaching at Southport, it was, probably the most impressive high school basketball game I've ever seen from an individual. Um, and I know I'm, I'm a little bit younger, so I'm sure guys like Damon and whatnot had some magnificent performances that I missed, but uh, I've never seen a player just so in the zone uh, than he was that night. And uh, that, that was a complete sidebar. But um, to me to say like that 48.9, I'll, I'll never forget it. It's because Romeo is awesome and it gets lost in – how poor the team played in the 12 out of 13 and some of his own ups and downs. But he had so many clutch performances as a freshman. Um, It was great to see. I really feel like Ryan, I'm curious your take. I mean, I really feel like if he just has a season of health, I think he's ready to break out as like a legit rotation guy in the NBA. He's not probably ready to be a starter yet or a star, but he's shown he can defend. We know he can go get buckets and the shot looks better. I feel like he's ready to play a legitimate role on an NBA team now. If he can just be healthy. Brad Stevens loved him. I mean, let's be real. Brad, Brad had him in playoff games, closing games because of his defense. And then, Started think, a few too as well. He didn't did, he? yeah. Um, so it's just going to depend. I mean, look, it's a new coach. So we'll see You know, if he's earned the, the trust and respect of the coach or, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, certainly he has the skills to, to play in the NBA. We've seen guys who... Um, certainly have less skill starting in the NBA. And it's just a matter of him putting it all together and staying healthy. Like, that's the big thing. Because it seems like as soon as he started to work his way into the rotation, better, boom, injury, out for a while. You know, so he really needs to find that, um, to find that 
you know, sort of path of health and, and being able to move into move more solidly into a rotation consistently. Health and wealth, baby. Yeah. It's really, it's a shame that that season went as poorly as it did, that there were so many injuries that Rob got a concussion, that they lost 12 out of 13 and that you had radio blowhards poisoning the well for people about Romeo and just enjoying his freshman season, which is one of the best ones that we've seen. Anyway, it's a good note to end on. (laughs) Good note to end on. Uh, That is going to do it for us on this week's edition of the Assembly Call. If you ever want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of the music that you hear on the show, and thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next week or sooner if any news breaks. Until then. Take it from me, Rob Finnessy. Keep your eyes on the rim and your elbows in. Go Hoosiers. Apparently I did that a little too early. I like everything about that. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. Likewise. Good stuff. You know what what song we haven't played in a while that we need to play, even though it's late, but we got to cue Ryan up for some kind of story. A classic. When the show is over, but there's more to be said, pour yourself a drink now, put the kitties to bed, it's time to cut loose, no more censored remarks, so cozy up chat mob, it's time for AC After Oh, that's such great work by Bob Thompson. It's really a shame that that's not for an earlier segment in the show, so we can play it every time. Uh, Ryan, I think we would all like some AC After Dark stories and insight on what it is like now to be engaged. Uh, the world's completely changed. Our relationship <laughs> is is a disaster. It's uh, no it's exactly the same as before, isn't it? Yeah, we we've lived together for a year and. Two, oh, two years now. Two years. I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking, and I keep forgetting it's October already. She moved in October 2019. So two years. So, I mean, n- nothing really changed. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. I mean, we're all excited and be inviting you guys to the wedding, I'm sure. After, and you, you better figure out a way to get there because this is a, a thing that we've all been waiting to happen gonna, for so long. We're going we're gonna to make it. Everybody will be there for that. No doubt about it. Well, good. We'll tell her that we said hi. We look forward. Uh, she, to she's it. out tonight, so I can say, hey, ask me anything you want. It's uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Well, good for her. Good for her.